Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. So last week, we did an episode about Dr. Claudine Gay residing from Harvard University. And after we published it on Friday, the story really continued. Bill Ackman, that billionaire donor to Harvard who was calling for Dr. Gay to resign, well, his wife was also accused of plagiarism. Their connection to Jeffrey Epstein resurfaced, and really, Bill Ackman just had a meltdown about the entire thing. I could not stop thinking about it, and I had a lot more to say. So I did a video rundown on the aftermath of Gay's resignation in the Patreon over the weekend. The story has continued, so I wanted to unlock that Patreon episode with everybody here in the main feed, too. Y'all, this story is a wild one. I cannot stop thinking and talking about it. So please let me know what you think. You can hit me up via email at hello at tangoti.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. Hey, it's Bridget. It's Sunday, January 7th. It's about 10 o'clock at night, Eastern Time. I'm here with some herbal tea because I'm getting my dry January on. Thank you for being here. Okay, so let's get into it. We did an episode this week in the main There Are No Girls on the Internet feed about Dr. Claudine Gay, the first Black woman and black first Black president of Harvard, who basically stepped down. She did resign um, earlier this week after right-wing education activist Chris Rufo surfaced plagiarism accusations against her. So in the episode, first of all, I just have to say I was pretty emotional. So thank you to everybody who listened. Um, I'm sure that was a bit of a departure from the kind of content that you're used to from me. I am not terribly emotional on mic most times. And so just genuinely thank you for letting me feel like I can really bring my full self to these conversations. And in case you're wondering, like, I am okay, I am fine. That conversation, we, we taped it during a particularly weird and emotional time for me. Like, the holidays are weird. Coming back from the holidays is always weird for me. So it was a time I just felt like I had a lot going on emotionally. To quote Mean Girls, I had a lot of feelings. So 
thank you for giving me space to to be so vulnerable. And um, yeah, I'm doing great. So in that episode, we broke down Christopher Rufo's campaign against Dr. Gay. Rufo had this like very gleeful, like victory lap he was doing after Gay resigned. And he was openly taking credit for her resignation. And pretty explicitly in my book, said that the reason why he was going after Gay and why he wanted to force her to resign was race-related, right? Like he explicitly said in that political article that we were talking about, it was about DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion. So DEI, like regardless of how you feel about it or what you think about it, it is pretty clearly about race. And so from his own admission, he wanted to push out this woman out of her job because of race. So we talked in the episode about one of the people that he worked with to accomplish that, Bill Ackman, a billionaire hedge fund manager who was also a donor to Harvard. It basically sounds like Ackman had his own unrelated beefs with Harvard before Dr. Gay ever even was at the helm there as president, and that he used this scandal, I use that in air quotes, deep air quotes, this scandal around her to finally have the opportunity to push her out because of like long existing beefs that probably didn't have a lot to do with her. Although I do think that even if he had these long standing beefs, I think having a beef with a university that has a black woman at the helm probably hit differently for him. I just know the energy when someone feels like because you are a black woman, they you owe them something or that you are going to be differential to them in some way as a default. And from all my time on this earth as a black woman, I suspect that had something to do with it. So since we put out that episode on Friday, this story has really continued to evolve. So I had to revisit it and fill y'all in on some of the new updates and some of the new stuff that, frankly, I have learned. Stuff that's been out there, but I only recently was like, oh, that was them? Oof, yikes. So let's get into it. Basically, Ackman's wife is Dr. Neary Oxman, who I actually had never heard of before this whole situation. Dr. Oxman is a designer who studies things like 3D printing, art, and fabrication. She was born in Israel and graduated with a PhD in architectural design and computation from MIT in 2010. That detail is going to be important in a moment. So I have to say, if Dr. Oxman, Ackman's wife, had not been connected to this larger situation with Ackman, pushing out a Black woman from her position at Harvard, I probably would have thought that Dr. Oxman was like kind of a cool person, maybe, question mark. Or maybe that means I would have been like susceptible to a glamour media campaign that is meant to make people like me think that people like Dr. Oxman are really cool. There's this New York Times profile about her work and the vibe of the profile is like, oh, who is this woman? She's so cool and artsy. Like the article is about how she worked with Bjork and they talked about how maybe she was dating Brad Pitt. So it is hard to describe it, but you know it when you see it. Dr. Oxman just has this sort of personal or public persona that just sort of reads like cool, techie, artsy woman. Like lots of images of her like looking slightly off camera or gesturing with her hands while wearing like a black blazer and like one of those microphone headsets, you know? Just someone who, like she's someone who I think does a good job of signaling and taking a kind of photo that is meant to signal like, I am an interesting person who does interesting work. That's just my take, like your mileage may vary on that, but if you have any sense of like what I'm describing, it is exactly what you're imagining. So here is the problem. 
In the wake of her husband, Ackman, his crusade against Dr. Gay for these sloppy citations in her PhD and during her academic record at Harvard, which he says is plagiarism and like proof that she is unqualified and proof that she should not be in leadership at Harvard, Business Insider looked into his wife, Dr. Oxman's history while she was at MIT. And it sounds like the results were kind of not great. We talked about this in the last episode, but like, I'm not an academic. I don't have a PhD. I don't do academic writing. So, you know, what the hell do I know about what is or is not plagiarism? However, one of the big issues that Business Insider found is that apparently it appears as if Dr. Oxman lifted entire sections of her doctoral dissertation from Wikipedia. So I'm not an academic currently, but before I dropped out of my PhD program, I taught many, 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 many college courses, mostly 101 and 102, like introduction to composition or rhetoric courses. I've done a lot of that in my career. And in the training that I received for doing that, we were taught specifically to tell students to not use Wikipedia as a source because it's just not a reliable source. Anybody can edit it, all of that. And so instead, the party line was to tell these students that like they should scroll down to the bottom of whatever wiki entry they were looking at, check out the sources linked there, read those and cite them if those sources are legit. Rather than sort citing Wikipedia, that was like a big glaring no-no. But even if you were to cite Wikipedia properly, it was still a big no-no for like undergrad 101 students. So certainly it would be a big no-no for somebody who is trying to submit a PhD dissertation. And again, she's being accused of not citing the passages that she copied from Wikipedia. So using Wikipedia at all, bad. Using Wikipedia and then not even citing it and passing it off as your own, doubly bad. Let's take a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so I love the internet, but if you listen to this podcast, I probably don't need to tell you that it can come with a lot of very serious privacy concerns. The sad truth is being a traditionally marginalized person online or being an activist or even just somebody who sticks up for what you believe in means having to worry about what kind of information is online out there about us. It's something I think about a lot. And that's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. 
Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter nogirls at checkout, J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash nogirls, and we'll see you on the internet. are back. Ackman is kind of having a meltdown about this whole thing on Twitter. And I feel like his tweets are very telling. So let's talk a little bit about those. So by the time you listen to this, whenever you're listening to this, I know that he will have tweeted quite a bit more because he's having one of those kind of like tweet storm. He's, he has been just tweeting nonstop all weekend. I mean, this like very literally the longest tweet I have ever seen in my entire life, like longer than I ever thought that you would be able to tweet in one tweet. I am going to be honest and say that I 100% did not read it. And I don't know a single soul who would read that tweet unless they were being paid for it or if it was their job or something. But then for as long as that tweet is, like you scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, at the bottom, it still says tweet continued below, which like, yeah, you know that meme that's like, sorry that happened to you or happy for you, but I am not reading all of that. I am not reading all of that. End of story, period. So I will give you a couple of the sec- of what he has tweeted. I-, I didn't read his whole like like novel, but I did read some of his shorter tweets. So he says, how can one defend oneself against an accusation of plagiarizing Wikipedia for a dissertation written 15 years ago in 2009? Isn't the whole point of Wikipedia that it is a dynamic source of info that changes minute by minute based on edits and contributions from around the globe? So no, Ackman, that is not actually how Wikipedia works. Like Wikipedia has a very clear edit history with like timestamps and dates of when it was edited. Sometimes it even tells you who edited it. So it really is like really easy for anybody to tell when an entry on Wikipedia was added or edited. So it sounds like maybe Ackman is suggesting that somebody could have edited the Wikipedia entries to match his wife's dissertation after the fact, but you would know that. And the Business Insider reporter who wrote this story has already confirmed that she checked because it's really easy to know. So sorry, Ackman, no. He also asks, is Wikipedia even copyrighted? Which like, the reason why it is not cool to copy and paste bits of Wikipedia into your PhD dissertation without citations is not because it's breaking copyright law. It's like breaking academic norms. Like like he just completely is like, grasping at things to prove that this is fine. He also objects to the fact that Business Insider reached out to his wife on Friday night, right before Shabbat. I will just say this. It is really clear that he sees this as a direct attack on his family. He tweets, it is unfortunate that my actions to address problems in higher education have led to these attacks on my family. And this is my thing. Dr. Gay also has a family. And it sounds like when he is looking into the academic records of people like Dr. Gay, that is him like taking legitimate actions to protect academic integrity or whatever. But when someone looks into the academic record of his wife, now that's an attack on his family. It also needs to be said that Dr. Gay, in her resignation that she published in the New York Times, her like letter about what happened, she said that she has gotten more racial slurs and death threats. And I actually read that her house has been put under police surveillance because of so many attacks that she's gotten and threats that she's gotten. And so it's pretty telling to me that Ackman is not necessarily seeing those as attacks against gay. The only person here who is being attacked in his book is his family. He defends his wife saying, 
What makes my wife human is that she makes mistakes. And again, like, why is his wife allowed to make mistakes in her academic writing and Dr. Gay is not? And it's telling that, like, he sees his wife as human. Then what does he see Dr. Gay as? Like, not human, not allowed to make mistakes. And I think it really comes down to that dynamic that we were talking about in that episode. Like, it's bad when you do it, but it's different when I do it. I get to surveil the behavior of other people to make sure that their behavior is on the up and up. But if someone dare tries to do the same to my behavior, then that's an attack because it all comes down to who is seen as a rightful person belonging in a space and who is automatically looked at or treated with suspicion. And also who gets to act like the authority of who belongs and who doesn't, who deserves to be surveilled and who doesn't, who gets to be looked at with suspicion and who doesn't. You know, when people like Ackman and Rufo and Jason from the All In podcast, who, boy, did I have a, ear, uh, a mouthful for him in that episode, I know, um, when they say things like, oh, we need to return to like a colorblind, merit-based society, I think what they're really saying is that we need to make sure that we have a society where the things that people like me and people who look like me get are not questioned or challenged, while the things that people who are not me and people who do not look like me are always viewed with suspicion. Like, Bill Ackman clearly sees himself as the authority at Harvard, a place where he has no real connection other than, like, donating a pretty small amount of money, yet he still thinks that he should have the ultimate say in how these places are run. And all of that said, though, this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, and I, I genuinely do want to know, like, if you're listening, what you think. Um, but I am actually not thrilled about what is happening to Dr. Oxman. I know, I get it. I don't want to be a wet blanket here. And, like, I'm also not above enjoying the memes and the tweets and all of that. I think there's some real kind of karma, what goes around, comes around stuff happening here, which I love. I enjoy that, too. Uh, however... I know that it's super hard to resist the lure of all of that, but I am worried about this idea of what happens when weaponizing plagiarism accusations becomes a thing, you know, where accusations are not coming from peers or academic colleagues, but just like randos with an axe to grind. Obviously, like, I'm not crying too many tears because Ackman definitely started this and like can certainly dish it out, but doesn't seem to be able to take it. But ultimately, I think that what is going to happen is that academia is going to suffer. The institution of like education is going to suffer. This is not what academia is about. And so many of our institutions have just become these, these way to, these weapons to hurl at each other. And I legit do not know if Ackman's wife has any kind of connection to this Dr. Gay thing, other than being, be, having the misfortune of being married to a man like Ackman. Like, was she beating the drum for Gay to resign alongside her husband? Or like, what did, was she genuinely had nothing like said nothing about it publicly and like now is all mixed up in it? I don't know. And I also know that like with the plethora of AI tools like Turnitin that are used to sort of check for plagiarism, but are routinely very janky and specifically like return false positives for cheating when a writer or plagiarizing when a writer is a non-native speaker, like they're much more likely to flag writing by somebody who has learned English as a second language as having been plagiarized, right? So it just seems like a really scary precedent when all these tools are everywhere. They're so janky. And I just feel like it will definitely, if weaponizing plagiarism in this way becomes the norm, it will definitely harm people who are already marginalized. And so I don't like any of it. I understand why people are making it about 
Ackman's wife's plagiarism record, but like, I don't think it sets a good precedent. It doesn't feel good to me. It feels kind of icky. I don't like where this will ultimately end up. So again, Ackman is kind of going scorched earth here. He is vowing to use his vast wealth, like he is a billionaire, to investigate every faculty member at MIT and Business Insider to see if they ever wrote anything that can be considered plagiarism. And it just seems like he is somebody who can really only direct outward. Like, anger and suspicion can only be directed from me to others. It will never be directed inward to examine his own behavior, for instance. It is always someone else who has done something wrong. And yeah, it's just like a very weird situation. I saw this tweet, I think it might have been deleted by now, that really summed it up nicely, which is like, imagine if you had plagiarized your dissertation from Wikipedia, had gotten away with it for like 15 years, went on to become an academic celebrity, and then your spouse flung your work into the national spotlight because he was on a separate crusade about DEI? Like, how pissed would you be? Uh, Yeah, I would be pretty angry. More after a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Girl Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self care journey with precision and power. The kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. Let's get right back into it. So even beyond these new plagiarism accusations against Ackman's wife, Dr. Oxman, even more like wild than that is their connection to Jeffrey Epstein, which like, it's just really something. So heads up. This might get a little a little tough because we're talking about Epstein. So you might have listened to the episode that we did in our very first season back in 2020, 
with um, former MIT student Ottawa Mboya. She was a grad student at MIT, and she was actually the first person to call for Joy Ito, who then was the head of MIT's Media Lab, to step down after it was revealed that Joy Ito had taken donations from Epstein after Epstein was already a convicted child sex predator. Uh, Epstein pled guilty in 2008 to a sex crime involving a child, and his donation records to MIT continued until like 2017. So well after he had already pled guilty and been convicted of a crime involving a child. So yeah, a a child sex predator. So in that episode, we talked about how that year, the organization Me Too in STEM won MIT's Media Lab's Disobedience Award. The Disobedience Award is a pretty big deal. It is a 250,000 no-strings-attached prize for recognizing individuals and groups who engage in, the website says, responsible ethical disobedience aimed at challenging norms, rules, or laws that sustain society's injustices. So the physical award is this like glass orb sculpture. And that year, when Me Too and STEM won the Disobedience Award for calling out sexual abuses in the sciences, Jeffrey Epstein also got a replica of the Disobedience Award, that glass orb, because he donated to the Media Lab. I remember this being like a viscerally disgusting, enraging detail about the coziness that MIT had with somebody who had already been convicted and pled guilty to a sex crime against a child. Like, that is just something that I remember doing that episode that like sticks with me. And it turns out that Ackman's wife, Dr. Oxman, was the one who was in charge of like having that award made and presenting it to to Epstein. And because she ran the Mediated Matter Group at MIT's Media Lab, and she, her her organization that she ran within the lab, got a $125,000 donation from Epstein after he had been convicted, which she says that she was required to keep confidential by the university because he was a sex criminal. So Dr. Oxman, like, I feel like it gets so much worse. She didn't physically make and deliver the award herself, it really sounds like she kind of forced her grad students to do it on her behalf. Um, One of them, according to reporting from the Boston Globe, actually sent her an email with like a paper trail that was like, hey, this guy is super sketchy. Are you sure you want me to do this? Are you sure you want to be connected with him? So yeah, I really feel bad for the grad students who were sort of forced into doing this by Dr. Oxman. And it sounds like they really had like registered some objections and didn't want to do it. So after MIT's connection to Epstein was finally all coming to light, but before Joy Ito resigned from the Media Lab, it sounds like there was media interest in reporting on who did what as it pertains to Epstein at MIT. And Dr. Oxman's husband, Bill Ackman, was the you know the one beating the drum against Dr. Gay at Harvard, was sending like vaguely threatening emails to Joy Ito, basically saying that he better keep his wife's name out of this if he knows what's good for him. I have to give it to Ackman here. He is a man who can write the fuck out of a threatening email. Like, it is clear what is being threatened here, but he never outright comes out and says like, hey, Joy, if you include my wife's name in this, I will blow up your spot. But he communicates that that is the intention very well without ever saying it clearly. So here's a little bit of what I mean. So in the, this is an email that Bill Ackman wrote to the head of the MIT Media Lab, Joy Ito, about his wife's connection to Epstein. Neary forwarded your email to me. I would please ask that you copy me on all Epstein-related communications going forward as I and members of my legal and communications team are working to help her and Neary already has enough on her plate breastfeeding a three-month-old baby, a very beautiful one, might I add, 
without a baby nurse until early September. So first of all, I hope I never find myself using the line, please copy me on all Epstein-related communications going forward. Also, that little detail, she's breastfeeding without a baby nurse. Can you imagine? No baby nurse? My God, what a saint. So he goes on to say, I mean, this is how you know that like they are very privileged people. The fact that he would throw that in there, the way that like a billion women have to breastfeed and take care of their children every single day. She's doing it without a nurse. The fact that he has to throw that detail in there is very telling to me. So he goes on to say, our advice on handling the recent press request, I would suggest that on background, that you let the press know that Epstein did not receive a disobedience award, but he, like other donors to the lab, donor A, B, C, D, etc., received a gift from the media lab of a unique design object. So here's subtle threat number one. I don't think it is necessary for you to say that it was at your request, which I understand it was in this case, but it is very important that you don't mention Neri's name or otherwise get her involved, or she will have to issue her own statement to protect her reputation, explaining why it was sent and at whose request, who else received similar gifts, how she met Epstein, and who else at MIT received funding from Epstein, why she declined to attend meetings and dinners with Epstein's, and which other faculty members attended. This will, of course, blow this entire thing up even more. We would certainly not like to see that happen. The fact that Neri, as the designer of the Media Lab, was asked to produce nearly all, if not all, physical gifts for donors, using her students' time and resources at either of your, Raphael's office, Nina's and Jess's requests, is not a good reason for Neri to be outed as a supplier to Epstein. Because of Neri's profile, her upcoming MoMA show, and the large amount of recent media attention around her, she would be an appealing target for the press, as I'm sure you understand. Like 10 out of 10, as far as vaguely threatening emails go, I hope that nobody ever has to write this level of vaguely threatening email on my behalf, but 10 out of 10 on this one. And so here's another thing that I want to say. If you knew that there were emails out there, like if like, I'm just trying to think like if I knew there were emails out there about me trying to obscure my partner's connection to Jeffrey Epstein, comma, literal sex criminal, literal like child sex abuser, I would probably have like really turned down my public profile. I certainly would not be picking like national front page fights with other national public figures. And I especially would not be doing it the very same week that a trove of documents about Epstein is unredacted. And I guess like that is my point that these people do not operate in the same realities that you and I operate in. You know, I was thinking like, wow, this person really is not self-aware. Ackman really has no self-awareness. Wow. But I don't think that's it. Like, I just think that they think that their behavior is always above reproach and it always will be. Surveillance and scrutiny is for other people's behavior, not his behavior. Dare I say that surveillance and scrutiny is for Black women's behavior, not for behavior of white billionaires like Bill Ackman. Anyway, I really want to know what you think. Um, Let me know what you're thinking in the comments. Also, Happy New Year. I hope that folks had a happy holiday or a merry holiday, whatever you celebrate. I hope you had a good one. I hope you had a good New Year. How's it going? What do you want to hear about? Where are you at? What are your thoughts? Don't be shy. Tell me how it's going. Thanks for listening. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. 
It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.